I think of prayer not as being something that we do, mm-hmm. but the daily relationship that we have. That's right. all I do is me and the Lord communicate all the time. You know how Paul says, pray without ceasing? I understand. You have to. Welcome to iRefresh, where we talk about the power of prayer in God's Word. Welcome to another iRefresh episode where we have our guest, Kristen Weiss. Good to have you. Thanks for having me. Well, we are interested in hearing your story about how the prayer in your life has been very actively a part of your background because you started the Demand Project. Yes, I'm co-founder of the Demand Project. Okay, so tell us your story and about what God's been doing in your life through your, I'm, I'm going to call it a ministry because that's sure. really what you're doing. Right. But explain what the Demand Project is. So the Demand Project fights child sex trafficking, online enticement, and child abuse imagery, which is child pornography. And we do it through prevention, protection, recovery, and restoration. Okay. So it sounds like a mouthful. It's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> and before uh, we had the Demand Project, my husband and I, okay, it was 17 years ago. And we were living in Colorado, and we heard a terrible story on the news. And it was about a dad that had abused his two-year-old little girl, videotaped the abuse, and then put it online for people to see. Wow. I can't imagine. It was horrific. And it, but it was me and Jason mm. that saw it at the exact same time mm. while our baby was in a bassinet next to the bed. And our two-year-old was in his room. Mm. So it stopped us in our tracks. Mm. And it was the very last part of the story that just mm. blew our minds that thousands of people logged on to watch. Really? And... A lot of couples, Mm. maybe they have passions together, but do they get Mm. called together? Mm. And we knew that in that moment, Mm. we had to make a decision as individuals, but as a couple, what are we going to do about this? Are we going to go on with our normal lives? Hey, honey, what do you want for dinner tomorrow? Or were we going to make a change? Now, what were you doing just leading up to that? I was a hairdresser. Okay. I'm a cosmetologist. Okay. And my husband was an uh, honest salesman. Okay. Yeah. So okay. very different lives in a cul-de-sac in Colorado okay. and living a safe, good life, you okay. know, and really didn't need to change. I mean, there was nothing mm-hmm. that we thought we needed to comfortable. change. Comfortable. We were comfortable. Mm-hmm. And then the Lord showed up and said, <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> wow. So I had been going to see a prayer, prayer minister okay. and, um, and she was working with me and just going through things in my life and working through some stuff. And, and then I asked Jason to go. So he was working with her as well. And mm-hmm. I told her about this call that I felt on our life and she saw it. And her wow. advice to us was to totally uproot our family and come to Tulsa, Oklahoma to go to Bible school at Victory Bible Institute at the time. Really? And Jason's like, I don't think so. (laughs) And I'm like, wow, you want us to do what? That's huge. That was huge. For both of you. Yeah. And way bigger for my family because Mm. they weren't, um, they weren't like believers like that. Okay. Um, my mom had always said, you know, men wrote the Bible. You can't take the whole thing serious. And I'm like, Oh, okay. So now Mm. we're going to tell her, we're going to uproot her two Uh grandkids. Mm -hmm. And moved to Tulsa, Oklahoma Away. to go to Bible school. Away from them. Yeah. Ooh. One of the first things I heard was from my stepdad that said it was a cult 
and what are you thinking and what are you doing? And my grandma was really upset. She thought that we were going to ruin my kids' lives. I'm really? like, Grandma, I think if we stay, that's what's going to happen. If we don't do what God called us to do, I think that's what's going to happen. So that's, it, that's bold, though, yeah. to literally to go against your family. All of our family. And yet, you know, when you think about it, whenever someone has a calling in their life is you have to know that God is doing yeah. that in your life. Because you're saying someone recommended it, but yet you took hold of it, the two of you, to pray through and believe this is what we're supposed to do. Yeah. What a journey of faith. Yeah, and to tell our family that mm-hmm. we're necessarily believers that, hey, we're going to go because we think God wants us to go. Yeah, that was tough. That's awesome, though. Uh-huh. I, I, I mean, seriously, because you're going against everything that human nature would tell you to do. Go away from comfort, right. and it doesn't seem like a straight path. Why would you do that? Yeah, we had no idea what we were doing. Mm. Like, we just, we ended up saying okay, and Jason got really emotional when we found out that Victory had a whole school in it for the okay. kids. And so while we're going to Bible school, they have a covering of Christian schools. So Mm -hmm. it was just such a brilliant thing for us. Within six weeks of making the decision, our house sold. I got the courage to tell my family Mm -hmm. that we were really going to do it. My mom had a um, had a disease, a couple of different diseases. And so she was dying at the time. So for her to hear, okay, we're going to leave. And then for us to come, it was really a big deal. Mm. So we literally came on prayer and faith and just launched into this whole thing. So you came, you went to the Bible school. Mm-hmm. And so what what was the next step beyond the Bible school? Where did you feel like God was telling you after you gone through that obedience? Well, ironically, we were doing, before we moved here, we were doing online Victory Bible Institute. Mm -hmm. So we had done, I think, just one class, Mm -hmm. and it just wasn't enough. We really needed to be soaking under the teachers and be here. So when we moved here, um, we just kind of started doing Bible school and seeing where it took us and figuring out what is human trafficking? What is this? Like, how are we supposed to get involved? Cosmetologists, a salesman, what are we supposed to do to change the world for one kid at a time? So we started to really dive into this and really figured out what this whole thing was. And um, it led us into another organization that was just starting. Okay. So we got involved with them and started seeing just how heinous this crime really is mm-hmm. and what we could do to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. And this journey took us with our kids right alongside of us. So they had to go through all of this with us. It was so hard because I'm setting in Bible school and I'm learning about the power of Jesus. I knew God right. and I, I did know, have kind of a relationship with Jesus. I didn't know much about the Holy Spirit. Okay. So I'm at Victory Bible You're School. You're going to learn. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm like, why is my mom dying? Like I'd go to Ron McIntosh, the director of the school, and I'd say, I don't understand. I go to my teachers, I don't understand. Mm-hmm. It was such um, such an eye-opening, amazing time. That was probably one of my favorite years of my life, mm-hmm. was setting in there and just learning the power mm-hmm. of Jesus and taking it home to my mom when I would go see her. Okay. Only most of the family would say, 
we're going to be okay if he just leaves Jesus outside that door. Okay. Well, I don't think I can ask the Holy Spirit to stay out there while I'm in here because he's inside of me. So it was a time for me to really be a testimony to my family. And one thing I love too is Pastor Billy Joe, he would turn a funeral into an altar call. Like he was such a man of faith Mm -hmm. that he taught me that when my mom finally did pass, I used it as that Mm -hmm. testimony and altar call. It was Mm -hmm. just amazing. Mm -hmm. So we started to go forward and figure out what this was, human trafficking and how we could do something. And the Lord just downloaded into us, you know, what was going on, what our part was that we were called and anointed to be such a a mouthpiece for kids that didn't have a voice and start to get people to understand it's happening right here, right now, not just in the world or in the nation or in the state or in the town, like in your own backyard. So are you then, as you learned, you began to talk to other people what you were learning. Yeah. I mean, we just got this so huge. We had this thought. Mm -hmm. We felt like God was saying, go to political people. So we went to the mayor, the police chief, the um, sheriff's office and said, let's do um, a press release and let's, let's declare war against these predators that are hurting our kids. And they did it. Really? Yeah, okay. it was amazing. Wow. And okay. so we started to kind of get traction. And mm-hmm. with the organization that we were with, it was 40 cities throughout the United States. Hmm. So we started getting information out there. By 2013, we really wanted to find, um, we knew what gaps were in this whole thing and who, like the help that needed to be out there and the traction we needed to get. So we started the Demand Project. Okay. And that's when it took off in 2013. So now we do what I told you. We fight those crimes and we do it with the prevention, protection, the recovery and restoration. And it's just been, I mean, Cheryl, I can't tell you, it's been Mm -hmm. a miracle. Like the things, the attacks that we've had to come under, we'd have to have a whole other show. Like we'd have, yeah. have, we'd have to have a series, right? Episode after episode about the people that have tried to stop us from doing what we're doing. It hasn't been the pimps or the traffickers or the organized criminals that are selling. The obvious, they're obvious bad people. are not hindering you. No. And unfortunately, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna make. Go I'm ahead, gonna, take a guess. I'm thinking it's, <laughs> it's probably people that are skeptics that are on the sideline, not willing to do anything to help make a difference. Some, and some are the service providers that are supposed to be alongside of us fighting in this. So even in, in the community, mm-hmm. it's not just within the church. It's Mm-mm. the community no, it's that you're the challenged whole by. Community, yeah. So has it been has it been their lack of understanding of what you're trying to do, or maybe their connection that you didn't understand they were involved right. in? Well, I always would say if somebody's not helping, then they must be part of the problem, right? Right. right. And so there's that, mm-hmm. and then I believe it's the misunderstanding of what it is and why it affects everyone. Mm-hmm. And then I also think it's a platform for finances and power. Right. And I think there's a little bit of a um, a power play to be that person, you know, doing um, that ministry or that organization. And that's not what the Demand Project is about. We're about unity. I feel everyone is a part of the solution. 
if you're helping. Mm -hmm. I feel like today you're part Mm -hmm. of the solution by Mm -hmm. having me on this. I feel like everybody that walks alongside of an organization that's fighting to save kids are a part of the solution. Mm -hmm. And we're just doing what God called us to do. Right. That's all we're doing. So I I would love to have breakdown because you had a list of things that you do. What are some like breakdown, a lot of the different aspects, maybe that volunteers comment alongside you, what do they do? Like if some a mother was like, that is just horrifying. Yeah. If you get to hear some of the, the details of how you either pray or volunteer to help or give of resources, what, what are some of those areas to highlight that people could like, oh, I could do this part? Yeah. Because there's a place for everyone. Right. So first and foremost, if you know how to pray, mm-hmm. I'd say pray. Pray for the protection of the team, for the protection of the kids that are being exploited. Mm -hmm. Even pray for the predators that are exploiting the kids. We love because God tells us to love. God isn't isn't a loving God. He is love. Mm -hmm. And we're we're told to love. We're commanded to love. So we have Mm -hmm. to love everyone for how God made them just not what they've done to twist who they could have been. And so we need prayers for the predators that buy kids, for the the child predators that sell kids, for, I mean, there's just a story in Claremore about a man that had millions, millions of images and videos of kids. He got 15 years. Pray that Mm. he has a good prison ministry. Pray that he has revelation in prison. Pray that those kids that he had on his phone when he was caught Mm -hmm. has restoration. That's what, that's my part. Mm -hmm. So when someone says, well, how can I get involved? Prevention, you can get us in your school to do an assembly in your kid's school. You could um, be part of an aware workshop where Jason teaches parents how to, parents or guardians, how to keep their kids safe online. No, everybody needs that. I mean, if you are a parent, that's right. Then there is an opportunity for you to bring you into any gathering, yes, and educate so that as parents can have the basically weapons, the tools. Yeah, I mean, our weapons to protect our children. Yes. So, because if you don't know what they're doing on those things, Mm -hmm. you've invited a predator into your home and you don't even know it. You know, we had a lady that did a ministry called Divine Defense, and we had her come in, and she talked about, as a, an officer, of how to educate even women, just your awareness and not being aware of all the elements. I think now the same thing is we have to be aware, not just for ourselves, but now for our children of yes. all ages, it sounds like. I don't know where the if there's an optimal age um, for us to be concerned about the children. Boy, I'd say from... 8 to 16, 17 years old, you need to really be knowing what's going on on those phones. Mm -hmm. Because once they're past 17, I mean, have you really taught them what to do? Because they're going to be going out on their own. Mm -hmm. And it might be too late. And they may have a whole different uh, purpose for that phone. My nephew Mm -hmm. told my sister that told me that some of the girls in his college for their part-time job is taking pictures of themselves and distributing them for financial gain. So we're slowly creeping into children themselves becoming the biggest producers, developers, and distributors of child pornography. So they're doing it themselves. Some. 
So, really? So and how do you... we don't know about that because we didn't have the phones right. just to take pictures like right. that, right? Right. So how... Okay, so I always think we were educating parents, but now it sounds like... Or you also have something where you're educating... The kids themselves. When they're young, even. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's so you, our assembly. Where it's called okay. Empower Assembly. Okay. And we go in, and we go in not just with presentations, okay. but with a dramatization on showing kids how you can be lured and groomed online mm-hmm. or in person. And that's where Jason's area is. He's the okay. cyber investigator. Mm-hmm. And then on my part, it kind of collides with human trafficking because... Okay. The buyers are online and the sellers are in reality. And so they're going to collide at some point. So we need to teach kids how to defend themselves on the front line Mm -hmm. because it's really the kids. And I know that I guess I understand that it's a hard conversation to have with a kid. But to me, it's just normal conversation because if they don't hear it from me, you know, they're hearing it at school. Definitely. And they're hearing about mm-hmm. sex in a, a twisted, perverted way mm-hmm. rather than the right way and how to keep themselves protected from becoming a victim. Right? Saying no to the right, you know. Exactly. Right. So I think it. I think it's great, even when you're talking about going to a school, is even having the teachers to reinforce yes. and supporting right. to, pr- to really enhance that protection mm-hmm. and making these kids feel safe to say no. Yes. I think that they're the peer pressure alone. Yeah. Because, you know, I've seen different little things um, in TV, and it just, it's horrifying. The fact of how easily someone can be connived, convinced to even do a picture. Right. But then when you're saying they're going to, they make a living out of that. Now they're starting to do it on their own. Mm-hmm. So it started, and it started seeping into our society as mm-hmm. a pressure, like you said. Mm-hmm. And now, as the kids are getting older, it becomes a power. Mm-hmm. So pressure to power. Right. That is not their power. And we know that. We know that as parents and Christians, that is not the power that you have. Your power is to say no. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so the prevention side is so important to teach and train not only the kids themselves and the parents and the guardians, but like you said, the teachers and the mm-hmm. business owners right. and all of these people on how to identify mm-hmm. and how to keep kids from becoming victims. Mm-hmm. And then we move into protection. That's different. That's more for the legal area for restorative justice for our clients that we serve. Okay. We're kind of trained into criminal activity. Oh, okay. And then once we recover Mm -hmm. um, with law enforcement, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of cases against them, a lot of things that have happened to them when they've been trained to go out and be the criminal element and Mm -hmm. be a product. Wow. I know. So that's that's an intense one. That's mo- mostly for a legal right. area. And then recovery for my team, when I work with law enforcement as a child right. advocate, mm-hmm. um, it's really people helping to join that team that have a background in military, law enforcement, private investigation, okay. or child advocacy, those areas. And then with restoration... Um, Three and a half, almost four years ago, mm-hmm. in 2017, we were doing just fine without a campus. We never wanted to be some type of shelter. Okay. And then God showed up at one of our events at, through a man yeah. that said, I have 54 acres and nine buildings I'd like to donate to you. Ooh. 
And three weeks later, I take the family up, and it's like clouds parted, and I'm like, wow, look at this wow. place. And Jason's like, no way, who's going to mow it? <laughs> Either the miracle or their work behind yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. And there has been so much work. Wow. Oh, my word. It has mm. taken three and a half years to get this campus totally re- restored in, in and of itself. Like, the restoration happened the minute we walked on the campus. Mm-hmm. But... It's such a peaceful place, and the Holy Spirit is controlling the place. The atmosphere feels amazing. Right. It's the largest in the United States capacity-wise to take minor girls ages okay. 11 to 17. So wow. now we have a two-year restoration program. Okay. We just opened the campus in August of this last year. Okay. And um, That's awesome. It's a big, big mission mission field. We're looking for okay. missionary-minded people Okay, that could be house guardians, right. that could be tutors and teachers and mentors and life skill trainers and, and just people to come out and help us to bring this campus to life for these kids. Because mm-hmm. once you recover a kid out of something so horrific, that's barely scratching the beginning of it. Right. That's a deep program. Yeah, we need programming their whole concept of their Life. lives. Yeah. yeah. They don't know any different. No, because mm-hmm. you've just physically brought them out, mm-hmm. but there's nothing else that's out yet. So you've got, yeah, this wounded, traumatized person mm-hmm. that has been trained, lured, groomed. Maybe they love the person that they right. think that they were they were doing this for. And then we come in as heroes, and we're not looked at as heroes. So that's where this prayer comes in so deeply. Mm-hmm. I think of prayer not as being something that we do, mm-hmm. but the daily relationship that we have. That's, that's all I do is me and the Lord communicate all the time. You know how Paul says, pray without ceasing? I understand. You have to. You have to. You have to know his voice. You have to know it. You know, I think uh, one of the things, you know, when you talk about that prayer, for what you have is just overwhelming. I mean, you would have to have the wisdom of God. You have to have the clarity of how he is guiding you in so many difficult situations. Right, because who are we? And for protection. Yes, exactly. And and thankful that he is our protector. Right. And protecting all of those that are working with you. That's a tremendous responsibility for you overseeing all that, is praying that covering over all of them. That is so true. I mean, just this week, some some of the gals on our team, we've been walking through some some, um, attacks and, Mm -hmm. and just emotional things, you know, going on. And it's like, welcome to this world. It's just a world of every step is a step of faith. Mm -hmm. Every step is, if it's not us, then who is it going to be? And if if we don't do it now, when are we going to do it? Like, it's not whether, I mean, we have to do it. We are called to do it. And the people that join this, it's not for the faint of heart. You're not going to teach a life skill to these kids and they're just going to sit there all proper and say, yes, ma'am. And no, this is not going to be like that. It's hard because there's walls up for a very good reason. And our part is to be safe and that it's the first bedroom they may ever have where they can sleep through the night and know that nobody's going to come in and hurt them. That just getting them used to Amazing. that is massive. Right. And then everything else we do has to be trauma-informed and focused on making them feel safe and then yeah. teaching them about God without shoving it down their throat. 
Wow. <laughs> that's, that's, that's loaded. That's, that's a loaded a, one. A lot of responsibility. You know, mm-hmm. there's so much. You're right. We could have a couple different episodes. Know. You know, one of the things I'd love for you to do is just even speak to our, yeah. our listeners, too, and just encourage them. You know, yes, it is a challenge. But the thing is, is you don't want people to, to half-heartedly move into a direction. No. Once you hear it, we have a responsibility, though. Exactly. And so I would love for you just to talk into and encouraging them. One, we all can pray. Yes. You know, and there's no distance in prayer, no matter where they're, they're listening to, is that they can stop and begin to pray what you even shared. Yeah. And then pray what is their part, or in to call up more labors of prayer, as well as whatever you're looking at. We need to even share them with them, um, your website. But why don't you just share with our listeners? I just want to encourage everyone that's listening today that you can be part of the solution. It doesn't matter where you are in your life. It doesn't matter your age. It doesn't matter about any of these things that the world tells you that it matters. What matters is that you listen to what the Lord is leading you to do, that you deep dive into prayer with God and ask him what your part is. Because I'm here to tell you, we will find a place for you. We will find a place for you in one of our four areas or beyond. We do events. You can be part of an event. Like Cheryl said, you you can be part of our prayer ministry that we have. This is a walk where we're walking together. And each step is to maybe not change the whole world, but change the whole world one child at a time. This is our time to deep dive into what the Lord has for us mm-hmm. and what the Lord wants us to do to help these kids, these bad guys, and to make a difference in the lives of so many. That's powerful, Kristen. Yeah. I am so grateful that God called you, but you were obedient to his voice. And I said yes. Yes. So Every you're... day I'm like, holy cow, I really say yes. <laughs> your website is... TheDemandProject.org. Okay. And we're getting it revamped, and it's going to be a new and amazing website where you can find out more about the campus. You can find out all different things, what events we do. Just do what you can do. That's great. You know, one of the things that we want you to be aware of, not just this moment in time because we only barely touch the surface, but no matter where you're at, you can pause right now and you can pray into this because these children are ignorant and been in a vulnerable place and they have been brainwashed to think less than what God called them to be. We're all called to be children of the most high God loved and, and lavished with love and acceptance. And so I really encourage you to be very uh, attuned to not just pass it on by, but ask the Holy spirit, what is my role? I will pray into it. Just commit yourself. I will pray into it. I heard Kristen even talking today, like you make a point at noon every day yes. to pray the Lord's Prayer. Every day. Because, and then you, you pray into it. So even if you would commit to that, mm-hmm. start there. Start somewhere where you realize prayer is, is our opportunity to set the atmosphere where God intervenes yeah. on behalf, especially of these wonderful children. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. I'm so Thanks glad you're here. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Good. Well, thank you. And also come to irefresh.net so you can learn more of how we can connect and help uh, Kristen and the calling on her life and your calling. 